0: Welcome to Four Points Online. We are honored that you are joining us today. If God is using this ministry to change your life, please let us know at fourpoints.org forward slash my story. It's because of your generosity that we are able to expand the kingdom. If you would like to give and be a part of what God is doing, then visit fourpoints.org and select the safe and secure option, or you can download our app and choose to give there as well. We are so excited to hear a powerful message from God's word today. So this is our last week of Address the Mess, and I'm telling you, I'm super excited about it because I believe that this one is the best one, and if you don't think so, then you can just be quiet. So just don't, don't say nothing. Just kidding. Um, I want to say something to the dads before we get started. I, I don't know if you're like me, but I'm used to uh, dads being beat up in church on Father's Day. Are y'all, are y'all awake and you can agree with that? Y'all have seen it before, dads getting beat up on father. I don't, this message isn't really geared toward just dads. So, this first part, I just want to tell you we honor you today. Amen. Listen to me. In a world that is desperate for fathers, in a generation that needs true men of God to be dads in their homes, above how good they preach, above how good they prophesy, above how good they do all these other things, listen to me, we need dads. And I look around and that's what I see. I see men of God, I see fathers, and I'm thankful for y'all. I know some of y'all have not had kids yet. I'm not talking to just the ones with biological kids. I'm talking to people that I'm looking at that have poured into my own children and some of these awesome young people on the front that just got back from our wave beach retreat. Some of those dads, some of the dads that invested in our lives, in the kids and in the students. I'm thankful for y'all. I have spiritual fathers that I'm thankful for. I have earthly dad that was here and a father-in-law that was here in the first service and I'm super thankful for them. But y'all, there's men that have invested in my life. My entire life and my gratitude cannot be, with words I can't possibly describe how grateful I am. And so I just want to say to you men, I love y'all and we as a family believe in you. And listen to me, I'm not going to say much more, but I got to say this. We will not be the status quo as dads. We will be the difference. We will be the light, the city set on a hill that can't be hidden. We will be, I believe with my heart that this house and each one of you will be exactly what God's called you to be. And I believe as a result, we will begin to see lives change, not by how good I preach or how good the worship is. And Lord willing, they're both going to be good. But it's good. the change is going to take place when dads lead the way and are good, good fathers like the model that we have in heaven. Come on, somebody. So I'm just thankful for y'all, and I just want to tell you I love you. Now, in this last week of Address the Mess, if you're a guest with us or you haven't been with us so far, I want to tell you as a reminder, a mess is a dirty or untidy state of things or of a place And I feel like everybody can talk to me in this room. I got a little something today, so I'm going to need y'all to talk to me because I'm going to get after it. And if y'all leave me up here sweating by myself, I'm going to be sad. Can all of us agree that we know there are messes all around us? Right? Six weeks in, you're like, for the love of Moses, Mark, we agree that there's messes. But today the message is we're going to address the mess that I can't see. So in the spirit of John Cena, you can't see me. We're going to address... Some of y'all will get it later. Like, who is John Cena? <laughs> Google it. Just don't look at the pictures or whatever. I don't know. Maybe it's bad. But he says you can't see me. Some of y'all will get it later. But we're going to address the mess that you can't see. And i got to skip to the next slide because here's the truth. We only can see what we've been conditioned to see. So it is impossible to address the mess we can't see because we're never going to see it. Right? So. That's it. That's the whole message. You're welcome. Y'all you go home. But why is that the case? Like, why can't, why can't we see? Why can't we see it? I was thinking about this earlier this week. If you um, are a business owner or you run a company or you're high-level management, a lot of times we will hire consultants to come in and look at our organization. And the reason we want them to look at it is not because we think they can do it better than us or they would be doing it but it's to give us eyes that we don't have for ourselves. It's so that we can see what we currently can't see. And it it never ceases to amaze me that no matter how clean we get this place, listen to me, no matter how much we try to make sure so we can impress people that we got all our crap together. Oh, he said crap in church, you can't see me. No matter how much we got all of our stuff together, there's tons of things we can't see. So a buddy of mine that's a pastor was hanging out with me a few weeks back. And I was walking around, in legit, I wasn't even trying to impress him. I was just asking him questions, trying to grow, trying to go through. So he wasn't even acting as a consultant. And we were walking through things. And I'm not making this up. He said, you see that spider web?" What? Ah! And I got angry, right? Because we worked really hard to make this place nice. And he was able to point out in, and this is, this is not this week, so don't look for spider webs in Jesus' name. Lord, they're not here. But... But it, was, it blew my mind that in, in a short time, his fresh set of eyes could point out things that my condition, because I'm here every single day, sometimes on Saturday, but definitely Monday through Friday, we're here so much. We become so accustomed to the routine of our lives that I cannot see Because of the condition of my heart, my lies, my eyes, I can't see it anymore. I I just go through the motions of my life, and all of a sudden, there are messes, and I think we've got this place neat and tidy, we've got this place perfect, and then when someone with a fresh set of eyes comes in, I go, what? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? How did I miss that? That's been there for how long? What, What does that, and I'm not criticizing any of our staff who's down here down front, because I, the buck stops here, y'all. <laughs> I didn't see it. I'm not talking about like, oh, we missed that. I didn't see it. We walked by it hundreds of times. And then I think about my own life and I think, I wonder, I wonder how often I do that in my own life when it comes to human beings. You know what I mean? Because I, maybe this is just me. I bet, For some of y'all, you're not this way, but I'm willing to bet that most of you will know exactly what I'm talking about when I say this. I have a tendency to sing the last song that we just did, and when in the victory... I love to get after it. When things are going well, I start relaxing. I start feeling good about myself. I start wanting to just pump Jesus up, praise the Lord, get my worship on, and then all of a sudden I start relaxing. And what I'm currently supposed to be fixing my eyes on, which is Jesus first, and then whatever he's calling me to do, starts getting a little more narrow. Because I I get conditioned. I get in a little routine. I get going. And all of a sudden, the world around me gets much smaller. I'm only seeing what I'm conditioned to see. And someone from the outside can come in. And just give me a little glimpse. It's almost like taking the shade off. You know what I mean? I got this buddy. Y'all need to look at it. He actually preached here a couple months ago for our night of worship. But if y'all are friends with Pastor JR on Facebook, you need to watch the video. I think it was on Friday. He put a video of him. He's colorblind. And he put a video of him using glasses that show color to a colorblind person. A trip. I mean, like, I'm just, I watched it 10 times. Because I was like, this can't be real. <laughs> this is crazy. Because there was a flower in front of him, and he's like, is that flower really that color? That's crazy. And I'm like, yeah, it's that color. Duh. Right? I mean, I see it all the time. What's wrong with you? Right? I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at it going, there's no way you don't see that. And then they pull out the phone there's something on the iPhone, and they show you the colors, and he can see colors for the first time. And he's like, this is crazy. There's no way there's this many colors. And the people in the room all see with color, and they're like, Duh. We've always seen this, and then he takes it off, and he can't see it, and they put it on. All he sees is red and green. Because For people that aren't colorblind, it makes you see weird. But the point is this. I'm that way in my life. I just don't believe it because my condition is so deeply rutted into what I currently go through life seeing that I only see what I'm conditioned to see. I'm programmed in my life to see a certain way. And, it, y'all, to be honest with you, it's what I'm exposed to. So the way that I see the world is based fully on the exposure of my own life and and really we could end it right there and say, and that is it. So watch this, as a white man, as a white man, I don't see the world the way that any other race, I'm not talking about black and white today, any other race of people see the world. Why? Because my condition is based on my exposure and the way that I see everything is the way that I and my people or the people that I've grown up with or the people that I've ever been surrounded with or exposed to. And once my eyes get exposed to someone, something, anywhere else, I'll all of a sudden go, oh, okay. There's a, that's colorful. This is cool. I thought it was only this. But now I see this. But once you see that, oh, okay, you also see the mess. So here's what I believe is ignorance really is bliss, y'all. And for most of us, we're cool with only seeing what we've ever been exposed to seeing because we think, God, you just fixed this little strip of mess that I see in my life. Praise God, the 8 billion people on this planet all have to fit in my little Jesus box. Y'all see a, y'all see a lion growing up, itty bitty living space. That's what it feels like we give God, <laughs> right? That God is the genie and he has to live in this itty bitty living space called my brain. Call my brain. Because surely God completely fits right here. I mean, that's hilarious, right? So today in our story in um, Address the Mess, I want y'all to turn to the book of John. Some of y'all are going to be familiar with this story because it's one of the most familiar passages. Actually, the last verse I'm going to share is probably the most read English verse in the world. At a football game on iBlack, Tim Tebow back in the day, what is the most common verse there is? What is the verse everybody knows? John 3, And in John chapter 3, there was this conversation taking place about exactly what we're talking about today. But the difference is this dude named Nicodemus, what a great name, by the way, Nicodemus. This dude named Nicodemus comes up to Jesus at nighttime and he asks Jesus some questions. He's got, he's a, he's a, he's a religious leader, as you're going to see in verse one. But what I want you to know about John is John was the closest person in the world to Jesus. He's called the beloved disciple because Jesus was the tightest. That was his best friend. If Jesus had one best friend, it would have been John. And so not only did Jesus, did John, when he's writing this eyewitness, all these things, he was there most of the time. This is the only time in the four gospels, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, this is the only time this encounter takes place. And I believe it's because what John wanted us to see in his book is to be able to see God's way. He used interesting words throughout like light. And in a dark world, the only way that you can see is when light comes in a room. But most of us are so accustomed or conditioned to see in darkness that light only blinds us today. I'm preaching real good right now. So watch this. In John chapter 3, verse 1, it says there was a man of the Pharisees. Y'all remember last week if y'all were here? Simon was one of those Pharisee dudes. These are Bible scholars. These dudes have the Bible memorized. These dudes got every merit badge in the Awanas growing up. They got Sunday school. They got the VBS. They they had perfect attendance in VBS. They never missed anything. And they are, if they get awards for going to church, these dudes never missed. Right? They read their Bibles 10 times every day. They prayed perfectly in the ways you're supposed to pray. They did all the things you're supposed to come, and he was one of these dudes. It says a ruler of the Jews. He wasn't just a Jewish religious leader. They ruled the Jews as well. So they made the laws. You talk about powerful people that probably think good about themselves. These were those dudes. And it said, this man came to Jesus by night. So I almost titled this message Nick at Night. But some of y'all won't get it, so we'll just keep going. <laughs> and, it's, and, and Nick at Night said to Jesus, Rabbi, Watch this. Anytime the word rabbi was used, it was because it was a place of authority and honor. You did not call someone rabbi to joke around. So immediately this Pharisee is looking at Jesus going, you're the teacher, you're the man. I am honoring and acknowledging that you're this guy. He said to him, rabbi, we know you're a teacher that comes from God because no one can do all these cool things unless they're with him. Now, in this moment, when when a man asks a question, we know you're this, and he actually hasn't even asked a question. He's just coming to him saying, I'm acknowledging that you're this dude. You would think Jesus' answer would be, you're right. But Jesus is funny, y'all, because Jesus don't give you what you want. He gives you what you need. And in this moment, he said this interesting verse. And by the way, this is a very common quoted verse, but they miss the whole point of it. And I'm going to preach it good right now. It said, Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see. Everybody like this. You can't see me. He can't see the kingdom of God. Unless you're born again, you can't see, see the kingdom. This does not say get saved. This is not about salvation. Salvation is later in this conversation. This is not Salvation. This is being able to see the way that God sees. The word see here is perceive. I don't, this really goes with the whole message. What we're conditioned to see is your perception. Your perception becomes your reality. I've heard this all my life and it is the truth. How people perceive things is their reality. You can't get past it. You can't change it. You can only change how you see. This way. And as long as you keep seeing the way you keep seeing things, your reality will be so staunchly stuck in. By the way, I'm just going to say this. I'm not mad at anybody. That's why CNN and Fox News are so popular because people's realities are so stuck in their old ways that they think Trump is a lunatic, he's the Antichrist, or Trump is, might even be the Christ. There is such a weird break in our country right now because there's these huge walls that people put up because they're conditioned to... I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. But if we sat down and we had conversations in this room, some of y'all would close the door on each other because you've only seen the world through an elephant's eyes. That's Republican if you don't know what I'm talking about. Or a donkey's eyes, I'm not calling you names, that's a Democrat. And so watch, This this is free. We can only see that those Democrats are baby killers. How dare they? I've watched people post this on social media. They're all going to hell. They're a bunch of good for nothing, blah, blah, blah. And then on the same token, Christian Democrats. Y'all don't care about poor people. Y'all don't reach the least lost and lonely like Four Points is supposed to do. Y'all are horrible. You you, you just help the rich and, and try to save a baby or two. You're horrible. And we hate each other. We sit at tables with each other. In the name of Jesus, we won't even look at each other. Why? Because we're conditioned to not see. We're only conditioned to be cool with people we're not cool with. or Excuse me, let me try that one more time. That was crazy. We're only conditioned to be cool with people that agree with us, which leads us to some problems. We'll be Nicodemus, because this is all of us, by the way. We all got a lot of Nicodemus in us. Because what we want to go to Jesus for is for Jesus to tell us, You right? You right? Good job, Marky. You're up there preaching, I'm so proud of you. Well, he is proud of me, but it ain't because of this microphone. It's because I'm his son. And and whenever I try to go to Jesus and say, I can't see, actually, I I don't even say that. I say, Jesus, I know you're this, so do this for me. He'll twist it and say, I just want you to see what I see. I want you to see what I see. I want you to perceive the world through my lenses and not through the lenses you've been conditioned to. To see it and watch. He said, Nicodemus looked at him and said, who you talking to? This is crazy talk. How can I get born again? I done been born, right? Can y'all hear it? He's like, this feels crazy. You talking crazy. I'm six foot four, 250 pounds. That don't feel like it's going to be a good decision. <laughs> Ask your parents later. Here we go. He said, how can they enter their mama's womb a second time. This is crazy, right? And all of us would understand because he's trying to think his way through this process. I need to say something and I'm going to keep saying it the whole message. Stop trying to figure God out. We are human beings. At our very best, the smartest person that's ever lived uses 10% of their brain. 10%. God is God. He's not a dude with a white beard on a cloud. He is everywhere at all times. He is supernaturally more amazing than our minds can comprehend. And I'm saying if you could use 100% of it. And when we try to figure him out, what we're saying is, how can I be born again? And that's nowhere near what he's talking about. But we try to figure God out, which is why we put him in our living space, right? (laughs) Jesus said, no, no, no. I say truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. He cannot see heaven's realm, which is all the kingdom means, come to earth, and for us to begin to establish what God intended for us to be, that heaven's culture comes to earth, that we become ambassadors for Christ Jesus, that we no longer look at this world as our home, but as our temporary resting place for 80, 85, 90 years, maybe even longer than that if God blesses us and we stay on this earth. But this is not my home. This is, this, I want to bring heaven to earth. I'm not ready to go home. I think God has something for us to accomplish here. But this is not my home. Kingdom is my home. I believe that I'm supposed to bring it down here and we together are supposed to change the entire upstate. Do you know why we have it yet? Because we can't see it. Because we're waiting to see. And so we're just standing there on the edge going, if I could just see it, I, God, you just show it to me. He's like, I've shown it to you. I sent Jesus. You just don't want to see. You want to think your way through this process like it's a, an algebra calculus equation. God is much more complicated than calculus. And that's crazy because calculus is crazy. Come on, somebody. He said, that was just born of flesh. This is so good right here. It's flesh. But we take a spiritual, spirit, internal God issue and we make it fleshly like we can solve it with our minds. He said that which is born of spirit is spirit. I love this quote by Helen Keller. I want you all to see this because I feel like it's all of us. I feel like it's each one of us. She said the only thing worse than being blind is having sight without vision. But you can never have vision without in-vision. You can never have vision if God hasn't placed something in you so that you can see with a different lens. Oh, you may have a vision, but, but, but it'll be yours. But the Bible says without a vision, the people will, do y'all know it? Perish. That's why we're perishing in the church all around the world because we don't have his vision. We try to have sight. But 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, I walk by faith and not by sight. This is the enemy. Of, of faith, not doubt. We will all struggle with doubt. We will all be human beings at times. Don't you ever let the devil or any other pastor fool you into believing that doubt is bad. I'm not saying we should want doubt. I'm saying it is a reality. Some days you're going to get up and someone's going to pee-pee in your cornflakes. Do you know what I'm talking about? That is a reality. Sometimes you ain't going to feel it. Sometimes it is in the victory, but sometimes it is in the battle. And if I've got to feel good to have vision, then I'm never going to have his vision. I'm always going to have my sight. And I'm just telling you, I can't see. The, at best, I'm running into walls and trying to manufacture a movement of God when all I got to be is be who God's created me to be. We are a movement of God. But I got to quit trying to figure it out, everybody. Look at this. This this one, this one is even hits even more close to home for me because I think in my own life this is where I get stuck because it's not what I look at it's what I see that changes things which is why when I walk into the front lobby or why I can walk into my car and not see a mess but some of you would walk in and say oh my gosh because I'm looking at it with my eyes I just can't see it I can't perceive I can't have the deep understanding that only God can give when it comes to human beings, when it comes to the way we are to conduct ourselves, which does not mean good behavior. It means the way we walk in Christ Jesus. I can't see it, so I just don't worry about it. And I just get slack, and I just think maybe someday, maybe the pastor, maybe one of the staff members, maybe that. no, God calls each one of us to be his light in a dark world. But if we can't see what he sees, then we'll always walk by look and not by his insight. See, it's not bad to walk with his insight, it's bad to try to walk with my sight. And that's where I get stuck. So I want y'all to see this. I believe that John chapter 3 and 1 Corinthians 2 are supposed to go together. And Paul is describing what it means to see and what it means to have God's vision. And this is unbelievable, y'all. I believe that this is going to set some of you free right now. I believe you're going to learn something here that is a different kind of understanding that this can change the way you walk. This can change your life. This can change your home. Dad, you can begin to lead on a level that you never thought was possible. And I'm going to preach real good for a couple minutes. Watch this. None of the rulers of this age understood. Why? Because they were trying to figure him out. For if they had, they would not have crucified Jesus, the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, come on, somebody. You can't see me. What no eye has seen, nor, nor ear has heard, nor the heart of man can even dream of, can even imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed. Everybody say revealed. revealed. Say it again, say revealed. revealed. This word means to take off the lens, to take off, literally, it's like the veil. 2 Corinthians 3 describes, this is the next chapter, or the next book, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 3 talks about that God's people have been veiled, but that when you're in Christ, the veil comes off like our wedding day when you take the veil off of a bride. That is exactly what's supposed to, let me say this word clearly to everybody, supposed to happen in Christ. So why does it not? Because we want Jesus to to sprinkle pixie dust on us, get out of hell free, and then keep doing our own thing in his name. But you can have an understanding in your mind and miss the love relationship in your heart. And if you're not walking with God every day, you're walking into walls blindly, hoping that he'll show you a little something, but you're still veiled. You can't see anything. You're blind, and I'm blind. Well, the reality is these things are revealed. They're uncovered. The light bulb comes off to us through the Spirit of God, through the Holy Spirit. I feel really led this service to just say some things. This is impossible with an unyielded heart, y'all. Like, you can't see and hold. And most of us are hoping that God will show us some things in our life, but we don't really want to do what God says anyway, so we just hope that he'll agree with us. So here's how we read the Bible. We don't read it for revelation or for it to be revealed, for the veil to come off and for us to have freedom in our lives. What we read the Bible for is so it can agree with us. So we'll flip, 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 flip. We'll Google it, find a word that agrees with, and we'll find a verse and we'll say, bless God, I found a verse. It agrees with me. The Bible's not to be read that way. If you read the Bible that way, put it up, put it on your shelf, and don't pick it back up until you decide that you want revelation to hit deeply into your heart so that God's purpose, God's plan, God's way can start coming out of you because he wants to pour in so he can pour out, not so that you're happy. But that can't happen, listen, with an unyielded heart. And you know what frustrates me? Because God revealed this to me again this morning in my own life. This is really not a word for anyone. I think it might hit somebody or maybe a bunch of somebodies. But I was believing God for some stuff in my office and asking the Lord to change my heart in some areas. And, and I was really petitioning the Lord Sometimes God really downloads some stuff on me and sometimes it's the simplest things like remind them I love them. And this one word, y'all, I've preached this to y'all. If you're a four-pointer, you know you've heard this from me. He keeps saying the same thing to me in my spirit. Yield, 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 yield. Because it really sounds more like that. It's not audible. It's just an understanding that God puts in you and you go, "Hmm, that's not what I was thinking. I was really wanting you to give me the answer to the test and and instead you gave me the whole equation. Instead, you shifted me so that I see it differently to know that I'm the problem. The reason that I can't see the mess is because I got to address mine first. The reason that some of you can be like the consultants to a business in my life is because you're able to see what I'm not in my own life. And what God's Word says it's supposed to be, what the Bible says it's supposed to be is like a mirror that strangely is dim at first, but then over time it becomes more and more and more in its own likeness, which is Christ Jesus. And I become more like him as a result of studying it and kneading on it and letting iron sharpen iron with some of you, my brothers and my family, and sparks fly sometimes because it's frustrating and it hurts, but it's never supposed to just make me feel good. It's supposed to change me from the inside out, transform me by the renewing of my mind. But I'm unwilling to yield, so I just hope it'll agree with me. And then I get frustrated running into walls that I can't see because it says, watch this, the Spirit of God searches even the depths of God. I mean like not only are we limitless when we're in Christ when we're filled with the Holy Spirit when we're walking with him daily Not only is our 10% of our brain or what we've limited to ourselves or what we believe is possible to accomplish in him We are we are not a hundred percent capable of doing things like our brain all of a sudden can work at a different level We have the mind of Jesus is what verse 16 says we have the mind of Christ in us Stop trying to think your way through these things. Stop trying to figure it out and stop trying to see on your own and just yield. It says now we have received not the spirit of this world but the spirit that is from God that we might understand, have revelation of what God freely gives us. And and we impart this into words not taught by human wisdom but taught by the spirit. Interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept these things. Why? Because they are foolishness. That's why some of you have been so frustrated with people that have tried to speak truth into your life because you think you're just crazy. But in reality, what they're trying to do is impart the Holy Spirit's wisdom into your life. But listen to me if you try to figure it out, it's always going to be foolish. That's why I crucified with my mouth, not literally with nails. I crucified people who I follow today because I had never been in their box. I had only been in my, in my tight Southern Baptist, whatever I'd been exposed to box. And then all of a sudden, I saw the world different. I put on God's glasses. I started saying, ooh, I see some color out there. I see some things differently out there. Maybe those people that I was criticizing are actually God's men and God's women. Maybe they're actually walking with God. And when the spirit of religion started lifting off of my life, I started believing a little bit differently. Not about Jesus, he's the way, the truth, and the life. I always believed that. I just believed he had to fit in my way. I wanna fit in his way. I don't wanna think my way through this equation. I want to be part of his equation, which is to change the whole world in his name. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what the bottom line says. I don't care how much money you think we have or we think we have. I don't care what any of those things are. I care what he says we are. And unless that's true, and unless that's the case, I will continue to try to figure this thing out and try to explain away what is unexplainable. I must yield to my heavenly father in Christ Jesus. If I don't, I will guaranteed, you can take it to the bank, will be frustrated. Oh, there will be days that are more than difficult in Christ, but you can always rest assured that you may not understand but he'll give you understanding. You may not get it, but he'll show it to you. And you may not know where to go, but you only have to walk. You only have to walk by faith and say, God, I just want the next two steps that comes as a lamp into my feet and a light into my pathway. I'll take the next two and know that you'll continue to illuminate the way. I'll just walk with you this way. I don't need to fully understand with my human mind. You will give me spiritual understanding because they are spiritually discerned these things the spiritual person judges all but but that person himself to be judged by no one I I don't get judged you may judge me humanly speaking but God's already cast the judgment on me I am free and free indeed because I'm in Christ Jesus for who has understood the mind of the Lord as to instruct him do you hear what that says Who can understand God to instruct him? But you have the mind of Christ. And so what I believe in my heart is what we have to do is yield to him and say, activate what you've put in me. I now walk with you. I don't just want to have the mind of Christ and be able to say, I was made in God's image. That's true. He's clothed me in his glory and honor. That's true. I want to think the way he thinks, so I yield my thinking to the Holy Spirit of God. I choose to not try to figure out the equation and say, God, if you say it, I'll do it. Let's go. And at that moment, everything shifts, y'all. At that moment, I begin to see the world not in black and white, not in darkness, Not in a place that's impossible to reach, but all the messes, all the people, all the people that are different than me, all the people that I didn't think were possible to reach, all of a sudden I see what God sees. They're worth it. Every group that we've labeled, every group that we're not, we all of a sudden start seeing them in God's way. And I no longer think I can't do this. They can't. I can't talk to them. What if someone sees me? What if someone sees me? What if someone, who cares? I just want what God's got. So look at this in the conversation with John in verse 7. It says, don't marvel at what I just said. You must be born again. Don't try to figure out how this works exactly. He said, you don't, you don't try to, he said, you don't try to figure this one out. The wind blows wherever it wants to, but you and, and some of you may have. Some of you may be super smart, and you may try to figure out the wind, and that's awesome if you do. And I like to watch it blow, but I don't ever try to figure it out. He said, "You don't try to figure the wind out. You hear it sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes." And he said, "So it is with everything of the Spirit of God. Stop trying to figure out why it's blowing. Listen to me. I'm a woo. God's wind is blowing. His 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 very name, Spirit, means fresh wind." Pneuma means a wind that blows. He was saying this because there's a wind that blows and there's a wind that blows. You can have that wind out there. I don't care if it blows 10, 15, 20, storm or nothing today. I want his fresh wind in my life. I'm not going to try to figure out how it works. I just want it to blow fresh in me. And most of us feel dead in our sin and frustrated because we're still trying to figure out what you cannot figure out. You don't figure out the outside wind, doggone sure don't try to figure out the spirit of God, the pneuma, the freshness that blows in my sails and takes me where he decides he wants to go. I just get to walk in Christ Jesus. But I gotta yield or I'll continue to fight the sails and try to keep them up in my life and wonder why I feel no freshness. And watch this. And then I'll say to God, why have you forgotten me? Where are you, God? I feel like you're distant. I feel like you're not even speaking to me. And if God the Father spoke audibly to us, I believe with all my heart he would say, I've been here the whole time. Just let go of the sails and let me take over. Let me blow my fresh wind in your life you don't try to figure that one out so don't try to figure me out just walk just be what I've called you to be and I got to say this in this service I didn't get time to say it in the last one Nicodemus not only got saved but when Jesus got off the cross he was one of the dudes that buried our Lord and Savior Can you imagine the feeling of burying this guy after you questioned who he was? You knew everything about the Bible. I believe there's not a better description in the Christian church than Nick at night of what we are. We are full of information, but we are lacking impartation in the Holy Spirit. We must yield to him and begin to walk, begin to let the sails of the Lord open up. We can't see what we're conditioned to not see. And he wants you to see the way he sees the world, but you got to walk by faith and not sight. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And this is the words I want you to know Jesus came for. Jesus didn't come to make you super smart. Jesus didn't come to make you super successful. I believe prosperity is a guarantee if you walk with God, but not the way we deem prosperity to be. He will give you daily provision so that you can prosper in his name and accomplish everything he's called you to accomplish. You don't have to make believe what it might be. You get to say what he puts in you to say. But none of those things are the ultimate point. And I'm not the ultimate point. People meeting their Lord and Savior in Christ Jesus, people having a love relationship begin, people remembering that he loves you deeply in his entire purpose for your life can be summarized to this. Will you love me back? Will you begin to walk with me? It's about a wedding day that you walk the aisle and a walk that you take for the rest of your life that's a walk to remember. Will you remember that? And in the conversation with Nick at night that he must have understood at the end of this conversation because he did walk with God the rest of his life that we know of. He is in heaven to this day. And he must have understood when Jesus got to this verse that he meant what he said, that God so loved the world that he gave, everybody say gave. Gave. Say, why do you worry about if people give their tithes and offerings? Because my God gave first, not because it makes you good. We only give because he gave first. We only love because he loved first. We only serve because he served first. And it says that he gave not money, not talent to me. He gave Jesus. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God did not come to condemn the world, but that through Jesus they might be saved. Verse 17. God's purpose is not condemnation. God's purpose is not to squash us down. God's purpose is is not to keep us in a jail cell. We see the jail cell because we're, we're trained to see it. We're conditioned to see what we can't be. I'm calling on the people of God to stand in one accord and say, this is what God is for, so this is what I'm for. He didn't come to hurt anyone. He came to seek and to save the lost. This is our mission. This is not a pastor's mission. This is not an evangelist's mission. This is our mission in Christ. Where you live, work, and play, every place that you go, every time you stop at Starbucks, every time you go to eat a hamburger somewhere, every time you go to the ball field, you are an ambassador of Jesus Christ. And we carry with us in the mind of Christ exactly what his mission was. We don't hit people over the head with Bibles. And can I just tell you something? I believe it's very important to share your faith, but you don't have to tell people how much you love your wife if you really love her. You're gonna show it. I want y'all to think about this. I read this in a book recently and I laughed out loud. What if I came home to Leah every day and said, I shared with seven people today that I loved you. She looked at me like, you got a horn in your head, son. No, I'm supposed to show my kids how to love, how to model to be a daddy and a husband. And that's what the world needs, y'all. Because God's plan was pretty simple. Love him and love your neighbor as yourself. Who is my neighbor? Everybody say all of them. Say all of them. All of them. But we can only see what we're conditioned to see. And I just came to tell you today that with all my heart, I believe that there will be tens of thousands of people at Four Points Church. Listen to me. Not hundreds, not thousands, tens of thousands. Not because I want to be famous. I could care less. I'm not kidding you. Because I believe God put us as a lighthouse in in the upstate of South Carolina on Highway 101 to build something that is not about a building. It's about a, a people It's about doing it together. It's about believing that God made us to be the light in a very dark place. Y'all, this is bigger than me, and this is bigger than us. This is our children's children. This is generational change. This is curses falling off. This is people beginning to believe that no longer do we have to be what they say we are or what they said we were. We are going to be what God says we are. And as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, and we will change the entire upstate with this gospel. but we gotta walk and we gotta yield and we gotta stop trying to figure him out and we gotta start realizing that he's not safe, but he's good. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? I believe there's somebody in here and I don't mean one somebody, I mean there's some people that may not know Jesus personally. Can I just tell you something, friend? God just wants a love relationship with you and he's asking you to call on his name to acknowledge that he's your Lord And to begin a friendship with him that you can't describe. So I just wonder in this room, who are you that would say, I'm ready to start that friendship, that love relationship today by acknowledging Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is now my friend. And I choose to trust and follow him. If that's you, I just want you to throw your hand up and say, that's me. Come on, all over the room. I choose to make Jesus the Lord of my life today. I choose to follow Jesus in my life today. I choose to acknowledge that he is my Lord and Savior and friend. couple more seconds. Who is it? Don't be afraid if it's you, yield to him and throw your hand up as high as you can and say, I am ready to go, ready to follow. Praise the Lord. Listen to me. There's not a more perfect song that we could have finished with today than There Is a Cloud. And I'm gonna pray in just a second, but I want y'all to look at me. I want you to really listen to the words of this song because I believe there's a wind blowing that's different. I hear the sound of a mighty rain coming that is not a thunderstorm in human terms, but it is God's flooding us with his goodness. I'm not talking about your house payment. God may do a a miracle in there, and I believe God will provide your need for your needs in Christ Jesus. But listen to me, it's far greater than that. And in just a second in this song, we're just going to, as a family, just acknowledge that we receive his rain. And we believe what he says. We believe that tens of thousands of people as a result of our obedience in his name will receive the goodness and grace of God the Father through the person of Jesus Christ. will begin to walk with their sails set and the spirit of God will be the wind that pushes them where they're supposed to go. And we will walk by faith and not by sight. God, we acknowledge that you are Lord and we're not. So we don't try to think our way through this equation. We receive the answers to the test in the person of Jesus Christ. We obey by submitting to your Lordship, by yielding fully, by letting go of the things we've held on into the past. And God, we ask you not to show us, but to reveal in our mind's eye what you see so that we can walk according to your word. We love you, Jesus. We receive your reign in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Y'all stand and sing with us.